Speaking for Pastor Henry Horner and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We return today to Matthew chapter 4, moving on to verses 23 through 25, the final verses of this fourth chapter. Matthew has just introduced us to the first four of Jesus' disciples and how, at his calling, they left their fishing business and followed after him. This was our focus on our previous study. These are very interesting men, and we will get better acquainted with them as we continue on in this study. Now, here in the remaining verses of this chapter, Matthew gives us a brief look into the ministry of Jesus. He is teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom. He is also healing their illnesses. There were thousands of people in that day, whom Jesus healed, and Matthew lets us know that. Now, remember that Jesus is in the northern section of Israel at this time, and yet Matthew tells us that great multitudes of people came up from Jerusalem and from Judea, the southernmost division of Palestine, and from beyond the Jordan, which means a long way off, to where Jesus was ministering. Now, here are verses 23 through 25, and Matthew writes, Jesus traveled all throughout Galilee, teaching in the Jewish synagogues, everywhere preaching the good news about the kingdom of heaven. And he healed every kind of sickness and disease. The report of his miracles spread far beyond the borders of Galilee, so that sick folk were soon coming to be healed from as far away as Syria. And whatever their illnesses and pains, or if they were possessed by demons, or were insane or paralyzed, he healed them all. Enormous crowds followed him wherever he went, people from Galilee and the ten cities, and Jerusalem, and from all over Judea, and even from across the Jordan River.
it should be kept in mind as we consider the Gospel of Matthew that Matthew is making no attempt to give us a chronological record of the life of Christ. He is presenting Jesus as king, and he follows a pattern, which is a movement in bringing the king and his claims to the nation Israel. This is important to observe. If we miss the movement in Matthew, we miss the purpose of this gospel. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The province called Galilee of the Gentiles was the place where Jesus began his public ministry. Galilee was situated in the northern part of Israel. Although the exact borders occasionally changed, generally this province extended north from the Valley of Jezreel, east to the Sea of Galilee of the Jordan River, west to the Mediterranean, and it stretched north to the Latani River. Approximately 50 to 60 miles, or about 80 to 96 kilometers north to south, and 25 miles, or about 40 kilometers east to west. Matthew writes that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. That's Matthew 4:23. The word Galilee is related to the word circle, from which comes the idea of a circuit or a district. So the phrase Galilee of the Gentiles may mean the district of the Gentiles, referring to the many Gentiles who had been brought in over the years or who had migrated there. According to a Jewish historian named Josephus, who was born in A.D. 37 or 38, the area of Galilee had 205 villages, and each one had at least 1,500 inhabitants. Right or wrong, Galilee was not a sparsely populated area at the time of Jesus. Capernaum, a city on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, was the place where Jesus settled. It became his headquarters in Galilee. Why he moved there from Nazareth isn't stated. It may be that Jesus made Capernaum his center because it was not a thoroughly Jewish city, or perhaps because here his message was welcomed, or perhaps because Capernaum pulsated with internationalism. Perhaps geography was the reason his move was made from sleepy Nazareth. Capernaum was situated on an international artery of trade and commerce. The great Greek trunk road, which connected Egypt and the south by the way of the Via Maris to the Mesopotamian to the north and east, passed through Capernaum. This city was then a crucial conduit through which flowed a continuous stream of traffic. Perhaps this is one of the crucial reasons why the early church spread so far and so wide so quickly after Jesus' resurrection. The earliest Christian house church known from archaeological discoveries, was found far to the north and east of Capernaum, a place called Dura Europus on the Euphrates River. Jesus was not an isolationist, nor the good news of the gospel only for one race. It was unnecessary for Jesus to travel wide and far since international travelers came to Capernaum. No doubt many heard him and believed his message. Matthew writes that Jesus taught in the synagogues. 
The word synagogue means a gathering of people. When a building was constructed to house such an assemblage, that building was called the synagogue. The origin of the Jewish synagogue is difficult to determine. The temple in Jerusalem had its sacrifices and priesthood, but it was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C., and the Jews were taken into exile to Babylon. They needed a place for the teaching of the law or the Torah. It is usually assumed that this need gave rise to the necessity of the synagogue. The word synagogue is used in the New Testament Gospels more than 30 times, and more frequently in the book of Acts. A very early inscription found in a synagogue located near the temple precinct in Jerusalem states specifically that the purpose of the synagogue was for the reading of the law. The president of the synagogue would invite anyone whom he considered qualified to teach in the synagogue. Any distinguished stranger who had religious ideas to disseminate would begin at the synagogue. Jesus evidently appeared qualified, so he was asked to teach there. The impressive ruins of Capernaum contained the remains of a synagogue. The building itself was about 65 feet or about 20 meters long and two stories high. It was outstanding because it was not built of the usual black basalt but of white limestone. Although most of the current ruins date to the 2nd or 3rd century A.D., evidence indicate that it stands on the same site as the synagogue of Jesus' time. Interestingly enough, on one of the pillars was the inscription, Alpheus, son of Zebedee, son of John, made this column, on him be blessing. Perhaps that's a confirmation that James and John and the Zebedee family were prominent residents of this town. Matthew writes that Jesus also preached in Capernaum, and he healed those who were suffering from diseases. Matthew's words are, News about him, that is Jesus, spread all over Syria, and people brought to him who were sick from various diseases, suffering pain, demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Chapter 4, verse 24. The miracles of Jesus confirmed and authenticated his message. Soon his fame reached far beyond Capernaum and Galilee. In verse 25, Matthew writes that large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. That word Decapolis means ten cities, nine of which were located east of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. That whole area was impacted by the message and miracles and signs of our Lord. Jesus preached the good news, or the gospel of the kingdom. God was moving to fulfill his promises to his people. The king had arrived, and the kingdom was certain to come. God was moving history to his goals, described by the Hebrew prophets long before. And the hinge of history was and is Jesus Christ, God's Son.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA. 